Blog Talk Radio. Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online, and this is the TS Radio Network. Our show tonight, again, is focused on guardianship, and our guests are Peggy Dupree and Betty Gosnell. They'll be joining us in just a moment. Uh, we've got a lot going on uh, today. One of our court cases, um, one of our clients was sentenced uh, to jail for six months for contempt of court. Um, mm-hmm. They're demanding that they take down, he take down his website they want my radio show I did with him taken down. That's not going to happen. And th- this is this has gotten out of hand worse than it ever was. And the reason I say that, the more we fight them, they go in and tweak the laws. They tweak the statute and code, and they use it against us. Be careful when you're passing out information. Some of these people posing as advocates and activists and blah, blah, blah are collecting case files, and they're passing that along to senators and representatives who have staff that comb through it. Find what loopholes you found and exercised, and they're helping to close those up so you can't do it again. Um, I don't know how bad this has to get. I don't know how many Britney Spears have to come out about this god-awful system, but this is human trafficking. No matter how you slice and dice it, This is human trafficking for profit. They are buying, selling, and trading us. And these are predators. These are professional predators operating in these probate tribunals. Florida has got to be one of the most god-awful states out there. Um, You have too many people with a vested interest in not only keeping the system going, but ramping it up. And we see it in the bill we're going to be discussing tonight, this uh, Florida Senate bill. 1032, and I've got a link to it in the promo, so you can go directly to the bill. I, the idea that so many bills keep coming out, and again, here's another one that does nothing, absolutely nothing to protect the person who's been targeted. Nothing. Does not criminalize activity of these predatory guardians and these probate examiners. And this is who we need to be going after. This is who we need to to expose. Is the It is that person sitting up there and under fraud calling themselves a judge. They are not. They are probate examiners, hearing examiners, ministerial clerks, maybe magistrates. But they are not a judge of the law because they do not deal with law. They deal with artificially erected statute and code and regulation. And they're about to regulate us right out of existence. With that said, Peggy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Marty. Thank you for having us on. You bet. And Betty, I'm trying to get you. There you go. Hello, Betty. She may not be talking to us. I'm not sure. But anyway, she's live, so she wants to kick in. She can. Okay, so go ahead, Peggy, and take us where we need to go on this. 
Okay, we're going to be discussing tonight with your viewers the uh, Senate Bill 1032, uh, and it pertains to the Florida Guardianship Jurisdiction Act. Now, if this gets passed, it will affect every state in the United States. So we're going to go through some sections of the bill, and then we're going to have to do a, another segment with you, Marty, to go over the other ones. I do apologize to have to divide this up, but there's just so much to cover and, and, you know, we need to talk about it and discuss it as we go through each section, okay? Uh-huh. Okay, the first, hang on one second. Oh. We're going to be discussing the section 744.81. And uh, this is still under uh, statute, uh, the guardianship statute is 744. They just have different codes they add in, Okay. So okay. it's going to detail the significant connection factors. That the courts are going to determine whether a responding or opposing party has a significant connections into a particular state. We're talking about Florida, okay, and other states. You've got to have ties to Florida. I'll go into details. It's very scary what they consider a connection. The courts shall consider the following. One, the location of the respondent's family and other persons required to be notified of the guardianship proceedings. Two, the length of the respondent's property. If you have any property in, in uh, Florida, you're, you're a target for a guardianship. Uh, three, the length of time that the respondent was physically present in the state at any point in time. I want you to focus on that, folks. They're tracking us. And the duration of any absence that we may have when we leave Florida. Number four, the extent to uh, which the respondent has uh, ties to local, it talks about tax returns, filing, vehicle registrations, driver license, social, social relationship, and receipt of services. So let's say if you go on vacation for three weeks down here and you have receipts of getting massages or going boating or pampering yourself, they consider that services. Now, um, I'm going to find out there's somewhere in the bill I've read. It's like three weeks. I'll I'll find the information and I'll post it so people can look for that. Uh, they, okay. They, so many weeks they consider you in their jurisdiction, they can start taking over you. Okay. Uh, and then that is only Section 744.81. Do you have any questions so far, Marty? About no, section? go ahead, Peggy. Go okay. ahead. Now we're, we're going to go to the second section of the new bill they're proposing, and it's 744.82. The exclusive basis for jurisdiction. Now, this part provides exclusive jurisdiction basis for a court of this state to appoint a guardian for an adult. Okay, under Section 11, the Section 744.83, the Florida statute, is created to read as follows. Jurisdiction. A court of this state has jurisdiction to determine incapacity, appoint a guardian, or undertake similar proceedings if any of the following applies. Number one, this state is the respondent's home state. Okay. Two, on the date a petition is filed, this state is a connection state. And three, the respondent does not have a home state or a court of that uh, responded home state has declined to exercise jurisdiction because this state is a appropriate form as. Now, four, it states, 
The respondent has a home state, but a petition for appointment of order is not pending in court of that state of. Are you following? you have any questions so Okay, far? Peggy, wait a minute. So in other words, if they're in Florida and they decide to file a petition for guardianship, Florida claims they can take take uh, possession of that person, jurisdiction, if there isn't a Correct. subsequent case in the home state. Well, okay, Correct. go ahead, Peggy. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, now, now another significant connection state, and before the court of the state makes the appropriate or issue an order, okay? Now we're going to go into what they're going to be doing. One, a petition to determine incapacity appoints a guardian or other similar proceeding if not, if not filed with the respondent's home state. You're right. If, if you don't have a guardianship in that state, you come to Florida, they can take you. An objection to the jurisdiction of the court of this state is not filed by a person required to be notified of the proceedings and the court of this state concludes that it is the appropriate form after considering these factors set forward in section 744.86. So basically what this is saying is if they file a petition for guardianship from you and you don't belong to that state. They're claiming that if you availed yourself of any services, whatever they are, um, if yeah, or have friends there. You know what really hits me is this is so wide open to interpretation. Uh, the bill doesn't really say anything firm, but it leaves it wide open to these probate examiners exactly. to interpret it the way they want to and claim they are doing it lawfully. Okay, go ahead, Peggy. Okay, now, that is all the sections I did tonight because I was going to do H.R. 845, and I didn't have time to send over all the paragraphs. So if you just want to do a debate on this one section until I can write the other section up so your viewers will know where we're at, that's fine with me. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, uh, you know, I want to go into Ricola's a little bit, and I want to explain to the viewers I uh, urge you to start studying the RICO laws and understanding when you're listening to what we're saying and it's talking about jurisdiction, what has happened is um, we have several cases pending with the Federal Bureau of Investigation of racketeering, okay, where these public officials are taking people from other states and, and forcing them to be Florida residents. I'm one of them, okay, and I truly believe Marty, you're 100% on on the dot about talking about how the legislation, the judges, and these attorneys are taking these people's complaints that are, are filed with different agencies and studying them to see how they can escape from any kind of liabilities or charge federal right. or state. So they were they've been so many complaints filed in the state of Florida about human sex trafficking about. Um, human laboring, trafficking, about human uh, organ harvesting, uh, different federal kidnapping, a lot of things that they're doing for what these public officials had to do is they're trying to use this bill as an escape route not to be charged yes. under the RICO law. So what the RICO law is saying, what these people are doing, when they go out of jurisdiction and say they do a wire fraud, 
uh, uh, fax something. They wanted people's information. You know, they had to be just fraud because it's not their jurisdiction. So that's considered wire fraud. That's why they had to write this bill to allow them to do this. It's so much. It's so dangerous because they're already defrauding the government within trillions of dollars. This is in the state of Florida. Imagine what's going to happen when this bill passes. We will go bankrupt. All families will lose their estate. Um, you know, lose our families. It's, it's going to be a nightmare if we do not get people on board. We're doing a campaign in January. We must have 100 signatures to be on uh, the ballot in Congress. They must hear us, and we must ask for uh, redress uh, for damages they caused us. We all need to get on board, tell people what we're doing, and as, as soon as we get enough people that we know that we can do this bill, I'm going to fill out the application. We're going to write it up, and we're going to sign all of our names, submit it in so they can't knock us out. But you don't want to go online, do a campaign when you don't have enough signatures because they only give us 30 days. And you can only do it once a year, Marty. So I don't want to take oh, no wow. chances and that's screwing up. Because like you said, yeah. they study bills in these guardianships, and they try to they find routes, uh, escape routes, how to get by with what they're doing. we got to head these people off. Finally, we got to end this nightmare because it's fixing to be the worst thing in history that it's being passed in Florida because it will affect every state in the United States. So well, that's part viewers... of that. Yeah, that's part of that uniform um, guardianship law. And what that does is yes. it strikes down the barrier between the states so that these people can, without charge, without breaking any laws or statutes or code, can cross state lines. This isn't to help the victims. It isn't to help smooth out the system. It strengthens the system on their side. I know a lot of people think this exactly. is a good deal. It isn't. And all but no. Florida and two other states have signed on to it. Um, so if they pass this bill, they have, in essence, signed on to it. And um, this is what you're talking about when you say it will spread to the other states. This gives them access yes. to 46 other states, 47 other states just free access and they can this jurisdiction thing at that point becomes a moot point um, because they have jurisdiction across the country and then I want you to think about something else in some of the states they have concealed guardianship hearings so you're not going to be able to access those files so say say this uh, say you got a crooked physician and there are like a hundred or two hundred physicians billing this one word you'll never know that because they're going to conceal it under this jurisdiction. And, you know, and if some states, I know South Carolina's concealed. I know Florida's trying to get them concealed. And it's very dangerous what is happening to the wards. Nobody's protecting the wards. The state is getting more powerful with these guardianships to steal our estates, to steal our loved ones, and make the families go bankrupt. So people need to wake up. This is, will never get better. I promise you that. It's only going to get worse and to the point where a communist country, then everyone is going to wake up and say, what happened? Well, you can't complain when it happens. We need to take action yeah. now and work together because we've got a limited time before this kicks in. So yeah. What I'm going to do, and that's just, Marty, go ahead. is okay. I'm writing go ahead. to Governor Ron DeSantis a letter, December. I'm going to have it posted. Some of it's got to be blacked out because the case is under federal investigation. We've already called these public officials committing racketeering. 
okay, it's dangerous. We need to get the media involved because uh, we've already proved they're doing it here in Florida. Imagine if we allow this bill to be passed uh, in Florida, it's going to endanger our other neighboring states, and we have to stop it to protect them. So I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to ask all your viewers that can look on my post, go to USA Citizen Guardianship Task Force. In about two or three days, I'm going to have my letter that I'm writing to the senators. Some people know how to write to legislators and governors, and some people don't, Marty. The ones that don't, look at my sample letter, and you can use it as a template to help you. Now, what you want to do, don't discuss your case. If, it's, if you're litigating a case or you know you want to file a lawsuit, don't give your evidence on just much simple like, you know, how this bill is going to affect you. You have a case under investigation or you have a pending case due to they, they cause your family to go bankrupt or they cause a loved one uh, to be murdered under this guardianship. You don't have to go into detail about your case, but just write one or two sentences on how it affected you and why you opposed this bill being passed to protect your family. Okay. Another thing that's cropping up on the horizon, too, is I'm seeing a lot of chatter about people shouldn't be able to inherit property. That uh, if mom and dad left you as beneficiaries, the farm and the land and everything else, somehow that's wrong. Now, that in and of itself is just startling. But the long-term effect of it is, if that should pass, you're right as an heir and to challenge these guardianships is just about in the dirt um, because you have – there's nothing to – you wouldn't have a um, like a will or a trust to deal with. They could walk in and take everything, and you have no claim to it. Um, the, what these cases basically are centered around in most cases is not just getting mom or dad or grandma or grandpa out of this mess, but mm -hmm. protecting an inheritance. So they're going to try and remove that from the equation, and that leaves you with no leg to stand on, no interest in the case other than that's your mom, your dad, and what do you know? You're not a doctor, you're not an attorney, and you're not a guardian, so basically you're just left in the dust. But watch for these. This is coming out more and more about inheritance needs to be stopped. Of course, it will not be stopped for the upper 1%. They'll be able to to let their kids inherit and so on. It just you won't. But anyway, go ahead, Peggy. Now, is this bill in Florida or is this a bill in another state? And do you know the Senate bill number and stuff? We can look it up. <laughs> well, it hasn't become a bill yet. What they're doing is they're, they're testing the waters. It. Yeah, okay. they're testing the waters. And the other thing is, that. yes, the other thing that they keep throwing out, and they have been for about the last year and a half, is what they call um, these imaginary boundaries between the states. These imaginary boundaries, and this feeds right into this <laughs> cross-state jurisdiction thing. You're ignoring the boundaries between the states. And so this is part of this the imaginary boundary. That boundary doesn't really exist, except it's well-defined on a map. And... Um, but it's it's imaginary, and we have to get over thinking in state terms. But what these bills do is remove the right of individual states to make their own decisions. And so you pass it uniformly, so everybody's doing the same thing. I don't want uniformity. 
I want each state to make its own decision. Look at the material. Look at what's going on. What can they do to protect these people? But what I've seen so far, Peggy, is all they're doing is helping the predators. That's exactly what they're doing, and that's why we need to start uh, taking action to counterclaim what they're doing. Because if we don't, I truly believe this is, if this gets passed, we're, we're done. We're done in. Every yes. state is in danger. We're done in. We're going to go bankrupt. They're going to take our property, and there's nothing you can do because if you read the language of each of these sections, they're going to leave it up to the judge to decide, uh, just like oh, for God. testimonies and stuff. You, you know, used to when you went to court and somebody was being charged for a crime, they were required by law to have experts uh, testify and stuff. Well, they're going to be taking all that out and leaving it up to the judge's discretion. They're not qualified to do all that. No, no, they're not. But they get away with so much now. Um, the law is what I say it is, only I'm not dealing with law. I'm dealing with statutes and this uh, open to interpretation. And this is how I saw it. I mean, I've seen cases where people have had pre-standing legal instruments going back 20 years. And the probate examiner said, well, um, looking at this, I don't think that's what so-and-so meant. I think they really meant this. Give it all to the guardian. So apparently they're not only lunatics, they're clairvoyant on top of it. Um, But this leaving it open to interpretation when you have an obvious criminal ring operating in every one of these probate tribunals, you can't find one where this isn't in play. Not one. And they're all using that. This is why these probate tribunals were set up, was to avoid the law, the Constitution, your protected rights, and to run renegade. And that's exactly what they do. The people sitting on that bench, that hearing examiner, ministerial clerk, or even a magistrate, does not have to have any background in the law. But everything in that probate tribunal pivots around them, is facilitated by them. This is a person we need to pluck off. Um, I said pluck. Um, but th- this is the person that is making sure the show runs the way it's supposed to, the way they have it planned. So, like I say, reading these bills, I could see 50 different ways you could twist and interpret these statutes, these exactly. caveats in this bill, that, that you it's a no-win situation for the victim. Well, that's just like, say, say for instance, someone gets a public official or a physician or a third-party vendor that has a contract with that uh, ward. If they get caught doing a Medicaid fraud through that state, it leaves it wide open for, uh, you know, for you to, uh, you know, it's too dangerous. Yeah. For instance, say a physician gets caught doing Medicaid, okay, well, he's going to escape the uh, escape route from the federal RICO because, uh, the law was passed that he could go and and uh, consult with other physicians in other states with a ward, even if that ward never sees that uh, that ward. And that's Medicaid fraud. I don't care how you want to sum it up. If you're not being yes. seen, it's, it's still Medicaid fraud. But they're leaving it wide open for all these uh, descriptions um, of fraud to be put in place where we're already trillion dollars in uh, debt with these guardianships in Florida, matching the United States, all of it, you know. I mean, I don't uh-huh. see how we're going to be able to survive if this gets passed because 
they'll be able to take you into a guardianship, no matter if you have a, a successful business, you have plenty of money to hire maids, uh, forensic accountants to oversee your money. The judge, you'll be completely up to the judge, your life. I think it's, it's dangerous, and I think that the state should not be able to own a person and then uh, and and then have no have immunity at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Keep it, put yes. people as wards as criminals. We don't get jury trials. The people, the wards don't get jury trials, due process, and the families don't get due process. It's a scam. I call these guardianships a scam because no due process. It, it's a completely dangerous program. They call it a program, but how can you call it a program when the state owns that person? A program is where you can opt out and opt in if you choose to. This is not a program. This is where the state owns the word and their assets, and you can't get out of it until death. They can take your estate. They can divide it up between the judges, the attorneys, the physicians that's involved in the case, and there's nothing you can do because they're making it legal through these statutes. Right. Well, and, and people who <laughs> Yes. Well, and ward, you look up the definition of the term ward, it means prisoner. And that's just like felons in prisons are wards of the state. And it is no different for elderly or children or anybody else gets deemed a ward. It means you are a prisoner of the state. They can do what they want with you, only we provide prisoners far more rights. And But this is a prison system. This is a tertiary prison system because once you're in it, getting out of it is next to impossible. You are held hostage. You are isolated. You are tormented, psychologically tortured, um, and you are robbed blind, and you can't do a thing about it. And all of our senators and representatives go along with it and put out stupid bills like this one to to nail this thing down so that you have no way out. Exactly, and it's basically uh, gang stalking. I say to they target, they do, they target the disabled, but they target the elderly because they do gang stalking. Let me explain that. Where they have all these uh, attorneys, and I know several victims that are in fraudulent guardianships where they're 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 millionaires here in Collier County, where the attorneys are saying, "You go to authorities, we're going to kill you," and they're stealing their money oh, left and right, but. These people can't go to law enforcement because they look at my case and other people's cases that have went to law enforcement. They've done nothing, so people are just letting them steal their money because they don't know what else to do, Marty. Because, like you said, when people file proper complaints with proper agencies, it goes. It is they just pass the buck. That's what we need to stop. That's why the guardianship needs to be abolished because there's no protection for the ward. Or for their families, but retaliation. When I say gang stalking, where they just they get gang up on you in court and they rule, they call you mental, they call you crazy, they isolate the ward to make them suicidal, they he- they overmedicate the person to make them have suicidal thoughts. Uh, they put them in hospice if they have too many people fighting them to end their life. I mean, it's terrible what they're doing to these people. And these guardians. It is. And nobody in the public standing up to protect them. They say they are, but like, for instance, this bill that just got, it's going to be introduced in 2022. It protects the public officials. It does not protect the or their family. Very dangerous. And you're exactly right. These bills don't protect the victim. 
They don't do anything to secure their rights, their liberties, nothing. And in the bills, they are treated as if they are property. And how many times have we seen them referred to as units or merchandise? Um, This is exactly how they're treated. So when we see these bills come out and there's nothing in it citing criminal activity on the part of the guardians or the attorneys or making deals where even if you caught in a criminal act like this bill does, you can't hold them accountable. Right. That's your state. Two things I've learned from law enforcement that I want to share to you. The way law enforcement's mind operates when they, they hear about these guardianship stories, one, it's a civil action. We don't get involved, retain an attorney. Even if they were put in fraudulent guardianship against the, the parent's will and against the ward's will, it's still called, considered civil action. Law enforcement doesn't want to get involved. It yeah. is extremely scary out there. Well, the other thing is I had the uh, unfortunate experience of talking with the Attorney General in the state of Minnesota and also with the DOJ federally, and none of these state agencies or actors will go against the other. It's a, it, That in no. itself is a protection racket. They will not go against one another. And even if you could catch Guardian red-handed choking a victim half to death, the police will say, we can't do anything about it. It's a civil matter. They won't go against that person. They won't act and, to protect the victim. And I don't want, I'm not saying all law enforcement is bad because not all law, law enforcement is bad. But you will find some shady officers that will falsify police reports because they're scared of the judges and they don't want a backlash. And they'll falsify a police report to satisfy a judge if they know that crimes are being committed in a guardianship. <laughs> so then you don't have no protection there. And then yeah. another law enforcement might see that uh, that police report and know that it's, it's fraudulent but won't say nothing because it's like they're a unit. They'll get retaliated against. So we have problems with law enforcement, uh, with these guardianships. We have law uh, problems with some attorneys. Not all attorneys are crooked, but there's a lot of corruption in these probate attorneys going on. And we need to stop. We need to make laws where if an ethical attorney represents a client and they do everything by the book, that judge should not be able to sanction that attorney. We there need to you start go. standing up for the ethical attorneys to protect the ethical attorneys and to protect ethical law enforcement, but get rid of the bad apples. You know what I'm saying? We need to create yes. laws to protect the citizens from these bad actors. Now, there's 99% of legislation that is created to protect the public officials, but there's not 99% uh, legislation to protect the citizens. So there's big right. discrepancy there that we need to overturn and start working on. Well, the thing is, see, the public no matter which aspect of the public you look at, we're looked at as a revenue source. So if they give us any authority, you know, if they give us any way out or any power, it reduces the revenue source, whether it's to the state, to the guardian, to the attorneys, and they're not going to do that. And uh, these same people, these guardianship associations and the bar association and individual attorneys and guardians, all donate to the campaign funds of these senators or representatives who put these bills out. And that is their guarantee that they will write that bill the way they want it written. And I think if you run the money trail down on this one, you're going to see the same thing. Um, 
there is, it, and it was, and I don't know if you can still do it, but on OpenSecrets.org, you could go in and type the name of your representative or senator, and it would pull up and show who all they were taking money from, and uh, under the you know guise of campaign donations, most of it is just bribe money, in my estimation. And but this the idea that this has gone on so long, Peggy, it is well known federally and state level, and no one has stepped forward from the government to call this what it is, which is human trafficking. Okay, to act to protect people. Sure. Now you're very uh, straightforward, and and you won't you won't back down from anybody. Okay. How no. many people do you know in your circle that's going to do that? See, we have a lot of advocacy groups running around here, but you can't sugarcoat this. It is what it is. A lot of people don't like me because I, I'm point blank. I'll tell you what I think, and I don't sugarcoat anything. You can't fix these guardianship pro, uh, programs. They're broken. There's too much corruption. And people, families are able to build fortunes, take care of their families. Now, why do we need government telling us what to do? If we're able to build right. a fortune and take care of our families, hell, we don't need government intervening. All they want is our money, exactly. period. So until these people and wake up and smell the coffee and realize that, we're just going to be chasing our tail around until that stops. So we need to be proactive. We need to not back down. When you go through the legislation, I'm not going to go up there and talk down to these people, but I'm not going to back down from them at the same token. How many other advocacy groups have you seen that went to legislation and actually pleaded their cases and and, and knew the law and and not say, well, I agree we need this. Once you agree, you you accept the guardianship program. I'm never going to agree to anything that they write. Because that's accepting, that's causing me to lose my constitutional rights to freedom. That's never going to happen. Right. And it takes simple things like that to knock the knees out from under you. Um, yeah. And this thing is going to how many meetings have we had with senators, representatives, governors, uh, whoever, and it, nothing comes of it other than the more bills like this one come out that solidify the system in favor of the predators. See, and it, that's what really bothers me, um, that instead of acting to protect us, and we're all paying these people, you know, they're that's driving the nails in the coffin. Yeah, we're paying these people to do this to us. Uh, there is no integrity. I have no qualms about saying that. I've seen some people, both state and federally, that stand up and act like they might do something, and in a few cases have. But overall, when it comes to this topic, they suddenly go silent. They suddenly don't have anything to say. Or they'll be the ones that say, well, I've never heard of such a thing, which is pretty hard to do today after Britney Spears and that movie, I Care a Lot. Uh, It's pretty hard to say you didn't know. Um, (laughs) But now they're just stone silent. They don't respond. You get canned letters. I've had people write, senators and representatives, about this topic. And they don't even get a genuine response. They get a canned letter. Thank you for contacting our office. You know, we depend on your support, blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't say anything. And there is no follow-up. Um, not. I, yeah. Go ahead, Peggy. Well I, well, I honestly believe that we have to have a, a large movement. We can't back down. I'm not saying – I'm not a violent type person. I do follow the law. 
We need to be strong, and we need to say, no, we're not, we're not going to do this. You work for us. We want this abolished. We're not going to give you our estate, our home, our parents, our children. No, it's not happening. We are free, mm-hmm. women, men, and children, and we will not be subject to each state owning us or our assets until people start <laughs> standing up, talking, writing to legislation, getting on ballots. Because I'm going to tell you, when you start getting over 100,000 signatures and stuff, they're going to know they got a problem with all of us, okay? They're going yeah. to address it because they know we're not going to back down. But if you only got like 100 people that really want to make change, they're going to make fun of us, Marty. Yeah. yeah. And, well, no, and, and nothing's going to change. The, the one thing that always bugged me was how did probate become the vehicle to do this, these guardianships? Because probate is supposed to become active only upon presentation of the death certificate. Okay. Exactly. So that guardianship petition is basically a statement of death for the intended victim. When they grant guardianship, you lose the right to your own name, um, your own identity, to your assets, to make your own decision. So they have legally declared you dead. And... um, they yeah. did that so, case in Collier County, and her name was Kelly DeSalt, and they declared both of her children deceased. You're 100% right. They do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, it's very scary what they're doing to us. Well, that's just it. And see, the guardianship petition, once it's granted, once it's filed, you're basically a dead person. But once it's granted, which it always is, I can't think of but one or two cases where it might not have been. That basically goes into the record. You're dead in the law. And please, please, please stop referring to yourself as persons. That is a legal term, meaning a corporation, a dead entity. You are not a person, not in the law. You are a living, breathing man or woman. And you always want to refer to yourself that way. And they're, the traps they set for you with this legal terminology. People say, oh, that isn't true. Go look it up, for God's sake. The word person is a dead entity. It means a corporation. It has no rights. So when you refer to yourself as a and saying a protected person or a protected individual, a protected corporation, a protected dead entity, is that what you're saying? It's a protected man or woman. Breathing, living, breathing man or woman. And um, always refer to yourself in that way, keeping your human identity and not relegating yourself to the category of being an object, thing, merchandise, or a unit. Um, This stuff all sounds, I know, like it sounds like it comes from outer space, but I'm telling you, go look it up. Go look it up. Do some of this work yourself. Yeah. Yep. That's just like, for instance, we're not going to cover this, but if anybody's read that bill that Kathleen, Senator Kathleen Pastona had passed, where that Senate Bill 994, where um, a guardian can petition to have a person cremated, I think that's so dangerous because yes. if that ward was hurt under a physician that caused the death, there's no, yes. there's no liability to that physician. So we have a lot of things that is putting the words in danger i call right. them victim prisoners yeah. of the state uh in danger and it has to change because no one 
We pay all these elected officials to protect us and to make sure our constitutional rights is never violated. But I just see all these paychecks going to these people and they're not doing their job, but passing right. these, these bills to harm us. And, you know, we need to have a campaign. We need to stop this. We need a movement. Uh, we need 100,000 signatures. If people know media coverage, if people know uh, TV crews, anybody that once we start launching this campaign that can help participate, that can help sponsor this to protect all of us, we appreciate you contacting us. Contact through Marty. You can contact us at USA Guardianship Task Force, uh, USA Citizens Guardianship Task Force. Talk too fast. Sorry, Marty. Um, That's all right. This is so much. And I'm just devastated because we have to look toward the January 2022 of maybe losing everything we've ever worked for if we don't all unite if this bill gets passed. Yeah, it just, you know, that Pasadena bill, there was another one here. It's been probably seven, eight years ago. Um, that several of the advocates supposedly stood up behind as she was signing this bill into law. And I did the research on that bill, and you got down to line 32 on it. And it established an agency within probate that must, underlined and bolded, must be headed by a member of the Bar Association. That should have been enough right there to ditch that bill. But what it did was it created another in- agency inside probate overseen by a bar member who's going to make sure the machine keeps running. And yeah, it made it what? virtually – go ahead. I'm sorry, but you just brought up something I remembered, and I wanted to share it with you, uh, where you're 100% right. That did happen, and what they're doing is they're taking a judge from each uh, circuit court, and they're putting that judge ahead – of DCS, Children and Family. The governor mm-hmm. signs off. He appoints that judge to that uh, DCF, and, uh, and what these judges are doing is they're fraudulently writing orders. Now, they're just attorneys, though, when they're working on DCS side, and they're writing mm-hmm. fraudulent orders to bankrupt these people. They don't have legal jurisdiction kidnapping these people, and the governor... Right seems not to be worried about any of that, and they've never been to court. I mean, it's very dangerous, these guardianships. That's just one example I want to give you folks what's happening. DCF is an organized uh, crime racketeering ring. It's already been proven by Senator um, Nancy Shaver. This is not something I'm making up. You can read it, research it yourself. She's already proven that. And she did say that if DCF... uh, branched out to other agencies, they would infiltrate the other agencies, causing uh, more racketeering, which is happening today in these guardianship and probate cases. And that's why it has to be abolished. DCF and guardianship need to be abolished. It can't be done if we get enough people to bring it down to protect your assets and your family. So you have to sit here tonight, is my family and my assets worth fighting for, or am I just going to let them take it? Am I going to be yeah. like Hitler did all the Jews and just line up and just get gassed? That's where we're at, mm-hmm. Marty. I hate to describe it like that, but that's exactly where we're at. Well, and, you know, we've talked, too, about on a subsequent shows about the fact that many times families are not notified of the death of the person uh, guardianized, maybe for weeks or months. And um, I did some shows with Marcia Southwick from NASCA on the selling of body parts. 
And I, I firmly believe that many times in these cases, especially guardianship and hospice, that when these people die, or shortly before they die, maybe they've got them on life support, they are harvesting organs, they take bone and tendon, they take everything, and they sell it. And I, the more I dig into this, the more I find it is a massive global business, the selling of body parts. This is why you got abortion, uh, late-term abortion, live birth abortion. Those babies are worth a freaking gold mine in the body part market. And this is why those bills were passed. And I think it would be interesting to know how many of the senators and representatives that helped pass these bills are invested in these organ harvesting body part companies. But I do believe that's what's happening to a lot of our elderly people where they already had funeral arrangements and for some reason they made other arrangements. It's always cremation because that way it leaves no evidence. But that's whether they were actually it. cremated, yeah, uh, they they won't hold a funeral per se. It's always cremation, but I don't think even a cremation takes place in most cases, I think those the body is parted out. They have figured out a way to make money on the victims, even in death. And um, I, I don't know. It, these are such parasites and ghouls. I, it's hard to believe that these people are out there. And, and honestly, Peggy, they've got to be a different species because there's too many of them circulating in the population. You can't have that many mentally ill people, and you have to. You would have to be, in my estimation, in my opinion, you would have to be criminally mentally ill to participate in this. And, um, but those are my thoughts. But like I say, there's too many of them for it to be a random, random thing. And, um, <clears throat> but does not bode well for us, does it? I think if we all start working together, start all writing legislation, I know this may sound like a lot of work, but it's not. It really isn't. If the people start being proactive, getting in groups, writing to the, and keeping database, we need a database of who's writing what, what responses to senators so we don't vote them back in, and we, we need to start making laws where we counteract what the laws that they make against us. Right. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Like these public, we should have immunity if they harm us. We should be compensated. We should have protection. I mean, you know, there's just too much uh, protection from public uh, officials. They should have competency tests every year. It should be videoed and taped for the public to review uh, senators and uh, judges, especially attorneys. They should have to have bonds to protect the state from liability, and we should have to go after the judges that commit these heinous crimes, make them start having such a huge bond that, you know, if they do break the law, they have to compensate the victims, and then the state has to cushion what they didn't cover. So it's got, we've got right. to have protection. Uh, this has got to yep. end this immunity stuff. Uh, I've never heard right. of anyone killing someone, raping someone, or kidnapping someone, and don't get indicted. But just because you have that label judge, you you don't get uh, prosecuted. That's ridiculous. It is. It is. And it it creates a uh, two-tiered, at the very least, system of so-called justice. And there, we don't have any justice left in this country. This court system has simply become a system to rape the public. 
That's all it is. I, um, I've been watching you that know, city they, bill since then. Uh-huh. Where, you know, they want to waive all immunity. It hasn't passed. It died, DCF, but it's still on the round table. They're just waiting until this uh, 1032 Senate bill passes, and then they're going to bring it back up on the table again. They're waiting because, see, they have to make sure they have jurisdiction to run and chase you in another state and have the FBI or the state or the United States Marshals bring you back, put you in a guardianship. Right. They want to make sure that law is passed before they go back in and try to pass up 10, uh, 10 law uh, Senate bill again. Because once they get that passed, they're home free to that immunity, and that will bill will be eventually passed once this other one gets passed. Wow. This is just, I don't know, Piggy. I don't know if we stand a chance at all. We got about 10 minutes left here. And, you know, with your final thoughts, what what do you think? What do you think should well, be happening here? Well, what I what we're working on, me and Betty, is we're working on uh, building awareness of what's happening in this this new Senate bill, the Florida Jurisdiction Act. We're asking for all participants to tell their families and friends and neighbors about us raising a, a campaign. We're not asking for no money. We need your signatures so we can get on the ballot to be heard and and testify in Congress why this. These guardianship and support decision bills must be abolished to protect our assets and loved ones. So if anybody's interested in protecting your assets and loved ones, please give us a call at at 828-980-3467, Peggy Dupree, Betty Gosnell, or contact Marty. uh, We'll be doing regular hosting with her, uh, updating on different bills come out with the guardianship, what we're doing. We need everybody's support. Because we cannot do this unless everyone participates to protect their families and loved ones. So, Betty, do you well, have any thoughts? Can you hear me? Yes. yes. I, I didn't know I could be heard. Okay. Um, uh, well, there's a few things that I wanted to read. So I'm, go- I'm going to say um, you were right about the uniform national system, Marty, because on line uh, 104 of, uh-huh. of the HB 845, it clearly states provides a uniform national system for re- registration and and enforcement of out-of-state guardianship orders. Yep. So there it is. Yep. And it's right in the yep. bill. It's there. And and, and the same thing. And you were uh, describing person as as a mm-hmm. a corporation. Um, mm-hmm. Line one forty four. Person, except when used in the, the term incapacitated person or interested person, includes individuals, children, firms, associations, joint adventures, partnerships, estates, trusts, business trusts, syndicates, fiduciaries, corporations, and all other groups or combinations thereof as defined in 1.013 in parentheses. Yep. Yep. See? Person and corporation. Yes, always refer to yourself as a living, breathing man or woman. Um, don't let them, in, in this terminology, get away with you assigning yourself a label that gives you no rights. And this is what they want you to do. And that, I think, is another sick part of all of this, is this tricking, this trickery that goes on called word art. You think it means one thing in the common parlance it does. But when you get into the law, they have decided it means something else entirely. So you use the wrong okay. term. You just shot yourself in the foot. 
and uh, because mm-hmm. you have labeled yourself and put yourself outside the law or within a category of law that you never intended. And uh, that it, but this stuff goes on constantly. It's the idea that we are supposed to be a quote Christian nation absolutely makes me want to blow chunks when I see all this stuff going on and the church is sitting silent. We have approached several churches when um, one of their congregation got caught in one of these things and some of these people had been a member of the same church for 30, 40, and some even 50 years had gone to the same church. And we went to their church and said, your member, the one that's been donating to you every year, is in trouble here and we need you to stand up. Oh, we can't do that. That's political. No, it isn't political. That's human rights. That's what you're supposed to be about. No, we'd lose our tax-exempt status, so we can't get involved. Uh-huh. So, you know, it just... But we, the only people that's going to help us is us. And And then even on this side of things, as you both know, there are people out there who are more concerned about their own self-adoration. Than they are about the cause. They're simply using the cause as the vehicle to promote themselves. And I want to say somebody else, I just got a message here about uh, you haven't asked for money yet. We don't ask for money. But excuse me, Mr. Man, let me say this. When did you spend 40, 50, 60 hours a week working and not get paid? I don't get paid. Peggy doesn't get paid. Betty doesn't get paid. But you expect us to keep going after all of this stuff and doing the research, doing the footwork on it. and But we're not supposed to expect anything for that. Now, we're all volunteering our time. If we get a donation, yet be for us. But the fact is, the we don't. The donation I want, Marty, and, is for people to sign. Mm, That's the donation yes. I want. No, it's not going to kill people to go. sign this bill to protect your family and your loved ones. That's the donation yep. I want. Yep. And most of them won't do that. They'll come up with some reason why they can't. We got about five minutes left here, girls. Um, uh, Peggy, I'm going to get over to your new website and see what we can do there. And then when you get ready to launch your campaign, of course, we'll help you. Now, everybody, this will be Peggy and Betty's last show for this year. Our show broadcast end on Friday with me and Cause and That'll we'll take our break for the holidays till the first of January. We'll be back, and we need a break. Lord knows we do. And um, so everybody, thank you for tuning in. We do appreciate it, and spread the word. Um, the shows are quite large, but if you don't participate, if you're not proactive, it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. It's it's one thing to sit here and agree with us and everything else, but if you don't follow up, we need you to follow up. Even if you disagree with us, let us know why you disagree. Exactly. Show, and I don't, you know, I don't mean sending some ugly email full of profanity and calling his name. That's not disagreeing. That's just being a jerk. Um, but have have your your information lined up. Your opinion is different based on what? Based on what? And, you know, maybe you've stumbled across something we haven't. And maybe our take on something is is wrong because of you found these reasons. But we need to hear from you. 
So, and Peggy, give out um, the phone number where they can reach you. Okay, if you, you can want reach to. USA Citizen Guardianship Task Force at 828-980-3467, Betty Gossel and Peggy Dupree. Okay, and uh, when I say they'll be back twice a month, it's starting in January. Marcia Southwick, or Southwick uh, Joyner will return in January. She's been on break since her father's passing, and um, she went through such an ordeal there. Thank you. But that. she'll be back, yeah, with um, her shows on the betrayal of by hospice, and that all figures into this guardianship thing too. Many of these people are shoved into hospice for stealth euthanasia. We've got everything we can get out of them, get rid of them. And they're very willing participants. Uh, They are not the Good Samaritan outfit they used to be that changed under the Affordable Care Act. And now we see food and hydration, not as a human right, not as a human necessity, but as medical treatment. The first thing they do when they call futility of care is withhold food and water. What a fine Christian nation we are. Anyway, it is. It is. And they starve these people and thirst them to death. And then they load them up with morphine, Haldol, and a few other Ativan. And that compromises their breathing. And they're already in pain from the organs shutting down from lack of water. And they come in and tell the family they've forgotten how to swallow no, they didn't forget how to swallow. You drugged them up so bad the sympathetic nervous system isn't working and the reflex of swallowing isn't happening. Try backing off the drugs. They'll recover. But they don't. They come in, roll them up on their left side. That compromises the heart. Give them what's called the kill shot, which is a massive dose of Haldol morphine out of van. And within about 10 to 20 minutes, they're gone. And uh, they say, well, you know, it's time. They're actively dying. Well, quit drugging them. They wouldn't be. But anyway, the battle goes on, girls. I hope you do have a good holiday with your families um, as much as possible. Take time to rest. And we'll be talking to you in January. Everybody that tuned in, thank you so uh, much. Merry Christmas, Marty. Oh, yeah, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Same to you. Yeah. We'll be back. Everybody, enjoy the holidays. Enjoy what you have. You never know when they'll come and take it. We'll talk to you all next Amen. year. Good night, everybody. Good night.